to the sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is author of at least over 10 books, which that's an understatement, the founder of Sharp Pointed Things, and God, man, how many notes do you have written now? At least over 800. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, when I when I took the, I took 800 down and put in a book, and then I like, I've got like at least, what? Three or four hundred more now. So it's just, <laughs> it just Earl, grows. thanks for coming to the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate appreciate being on. Yeah. So I guess what's the origin story? You know, of we'll start with the writing first because that's the one that really pulled me in. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, there's you're right. Everything has a little origin story. There's so many uh, things. So, um, but the writing, like I've always written, like as far as back as I can remember. Uh, I think I told you before that I had uh, entered a competition in my elementary school. Um, and like, it's always nonfiction. Like I'm, I'm horrible at fiction. People ask me, Hey, will you, will you write erotica? Will you write this? I'm like, no, no. If it actually happened to me or actually happened to someone or I've studied it, I can write about it, but I cannot write about things that are just made up in my head. Now that's weird. Cause I love, you know, fiction works. Um, but uh, you know, I, of course, back when I was a kid, I didn't write about kink. I wasn't into kink yet. I didn't know what the hell it was. But, you know, mm-hmm. I wrote about, you know, basketball and baseball. I was a big sports kid. Um, my grandparents bought me a typewriter when I was, I want to say, seven or eight. Like the actual thing that you oh, have to yeah. do these. <clears throat> yeah, people don't realize you could, like, in a computer screen, you're just, like, touching the keys. Like, this one, you were like, bam, 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 yeah. bam. Yeah. And you had to do that thing at the end to move yep. it back. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I tell people I'm so old. When I went to, when I went to high school and I learned how to type, type for real, like we used electric typewriters. There weren't even computers. So it's horrible. So, but no, I just, I love writing and I love like, can it's therapy for me. It conveys my thoughts. It, people seem to get help from it. You know, I I will sit down and start writing something and I have no idea what I'm going to write about. And then by halfway through it, I'm like, whoa, I just like discovered something, you know, I just found a way to put something in the words that I've never been able to describe. Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, it's people ask what my hobby is. It's one of my main hobbies is, is writing. So, and I like to write about things I know, you know? Yeah. I mean, like the, the and the way, I guess to me, I don't want to say like, I don't like pretentious writing and, and I understand when you have like really cool words, you want to use it, but I want to read as if I'm reading a book that's for high school. And I find your writing is really inviting. It's like, whatever your, as, as long as you know how to put words together, it's really pulling it. Why, why do you use that um, writing method? Right. You make it really simple, but you don't dumb it down. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> This is not to brag or be like cocky about it, but people have called me like when I write on a subject, they're like, you're like the Thomas Paine of that subject. And Thomas Paine was a very, he was a very plain writer, but he wrote like kind of with force, you know, like, dude, like, why aren't you getting this? This is here. I'm going to lay out all the steps. There you go. That, that, this should be simple. This should be easy for you. Um, But yeah. And, and yeah, I don't, when I start writing, I don't have a topic in mind, but I don't have, like, and I might have some quote from a movie or a book. Like mm-hmm. I just draw out a popular culture, like continuously with my writings, but I don't, I don't sit down to like be preachy, but I can be preachy, but I don't sit down to do that. And I don't sit down to like talk to a specific audience, but I am aware, you know, there's an audience there that's, that's consuming it. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I love your writing. So, did I guess the so like your grandparents giving you that gift? Did it start it, or were you writing before that gift happened? Yes, I was writing um, before that happened. I was kind of one of those kids that was an early reader. Like, you know, my parents never sit down with me with books, but the house had books and I would just pick them up and like start trying. And like, it was one of those weird things, you know, like I, I still remember like when I kind of discovered I could read, it's, it's just one of those weird, like most kids don't remember that because it's so far back, but like, I just kind of, um, but no, I've always been kind of fascinated by words and, you know, I see it in my daughter. She's, um, nine now. Um, but even years ago, she would start, she would just come up with a word. Like we'd be like riding in the car and she'd come up with some word and I'd be like, how the, how the, how do you know that word? Like, that's like not your, not your age level. So, uh, you know, you just, I think some people just love words and some people, you know, that that's what they stick with. That's what they, they latch onto very early on. That's great. Okay, well, I love your writing, but I can't keep this podcast just about writing, but you are a man of many skills. So um, before we get to sharp-pointed things, what was the kink introduction? Um, So people ask me this all the time, and it's hard to put a pin in, like, the day. Like, you know what I mean? And I think no one probably can, but, you know, when someone asks, like, well, when did you know? Like, it's hard to put a pin in that, like, I guess even from a, you know, very early age, like teenager stuff, like, you know, when, when you, when you go back and people were like, you know, you talk to people and they're like, Oh, I had a fantasy of this when I was, you know, young or you know, young man or young woman. And, uh, I'd be like, really? My fantasies were much weirder than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so people are like, well, what did you think about? I'm like, Oh, you don't want to know. So, no. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's, it's why it's hard to put a pin in is because like, you don't know if you're weird. You, you know, you, you might think your vanilla stuff's weird. You might think, you know, your stuff's really weird and it's not, it's just vanilla. Um, so, you know, I think I kind of always had that pull. <clears throat> I jokingly tell people, you know, <clears throat> you and I talked about being, being old, um, me being old, not you, <laughs> um, <clears throat> talked about being old. And like, I remember the old, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, live action series with Linda Carter and like, mm-hmm. I don't remember watching many episodes where she wasn't like tied up at some point in there. Um, you know, Wonder Woman, the, everyone knows the history of that. It goes back. It's basically bondage and, and BDSM stuff, um, even in the old comic. And uh, so, <clears throat> you know, there's things that stick out to you in your head that, you know, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm a little weird. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I never got really to a chance to explore it because I tell people this also. If you've only been in like vanilla relationships, you don't really – your mind tells you that this isn't something that people accept. This is like, <clears throat> you know, something to point zero 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 one percent of people do, and you're never going to find those things. Mm. And then when you get into it, you start realizing, well, wait, there's, you know, this is, and of course it, during the past 10 years, it's become much more mainstream than, than it was in, in years past, you know, where people had to hide it and people had to like do it on the, in the underground and stuff like that. Now it's, you know, more mainstream. And I guess that's kind of where it kind of came from is when it started becoming more mainstream and, and I was like, okay, maybe people will accept this. Maybe this is a side of me that needs to be expressed. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, once you do that, you're like, wow, like I'm, I'm free. I'm, I'm unlocked, you know? <clears throat> Did it take you long for that acceptance to happen? 
yes and no. <clears throat> like it took a while to realize that I, that I could be that um, when mainstream accepted it. But once, once I, once I kind of realized that, like, I think, I think that the, I still remember this day. So like we talk about putting a pen in things like the day I was like, <clears throat> you know, this is something that people will accept. This is something that I can do. This is something that, you know, requires learning and stuff. I think I stayed up that night, like all night. Like I was just like on the computer all night, like trying to digest everything. Like, what do I like? What do I want? You know, what do I want to do? You know, and there wasn't, you know, we talk about FetLife, but there wasn't a, um, FetLife wasn't my introduction. Like I got introduced through a website called Literotica um, and they had a BDSM forum and it was very, very bare bones. And, but you know, there were people there, there were people talking about it. I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, you get a little education there and you, you know, someone's like, Hey, have you ever been on FetLife? I'm like, what the hell is that? And then you go and it's like, 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 you know, going from driving a, a, a Pinto to a Ferrari, you know? So, <laughs> oh, that's a huge lip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I understand what you're saying and, and that progression. Um, and then when, I guess when you got on Fet, what, what was it like for you? Well, and how long have you been there now? Um, I started on FET in around 2011, 2012. And, mm-hmm. you know, people people think, you know, they look at your FET, you know, and you look at your followers and look at your writings and look at what you've done. And they think, well, you just got on there and just snap, you ran to it. But I think from like 2011, 2012 to 2015, you know, there wasn't, <clears throat> I think I had four pictures. I think I had no writings, you know, no one followed me. No one knew who I was. No one cared. You know, so I tell people too. the good thing about that was, you know, I was I was stuck in vanilla land, but I wanted to be not in vanilla land. And uh, so then when I met my baby girl, we I met her on FET. We just got off of FET. We were like, you know, this is it's probably not a good thing for us to be on FET. It's kind of toxic. You know, so we just got off FET for like three years. And that was good because we had digested the, the writings. We knew where we wanted to be. <clears throat> but we weren't getting influenced by things. So we were able to develop our philosophies and our way of doing things in, I say in a vacuum, but it was kind of in a vacuum. Like we, you know, there was no one, you didn't have to, you, now you get on fat and people will tell you, you know, why are you doing that? That's, that's weird. And that's dumb. And don't do that. You know, you get all these opinions about, you know, things that used to be, this is the hard and fast way of doing it. And so when we got off and we started developing our own philosophy and, you know, I could test things, you know, I could say, is this working? And no one was watching, no one was judging. So, you know, we, we would test something and it didn't work. Like did we'd adjust. Mm-hmm. So like when I got back on FetLife, it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't, you know, I was taking people's writings and regurgitating them. I was writing about what I had learned not being on FetLife and what I had learned actually putting things into practice you know, and you just, you find so much of that on FetLife now where people are like, well, you know, I'm not a dom, but I want to talk about how to be a dom and I'm not this, but I want to talk about being this. And it's just like, like everyone wants to have an opinion, but they don't want to do the, the work to get to that opinion. So, yeah. I think, you know, I guess in my opinion, what I think is happening is that the internet in at least the last, you know, five, 10 to five years has made life so convenient that people are not willing to do the work right i just push a button and everything happens like Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. happens so people are not willing to put in the work to do anymore 
um to, to achieve anything really it's like well why why worry when i can do that and you know i get it whatever but i believe to me the pleasure for me in doing the work is actually learning in the process of doing that thing you know yes i, I absolutely agree because you know you're you, you don't do it right the first time like no one gets on there and just says like i, I did it right the first time and you know you're you're, you're right i just wrote about how people like in the past, like, and I'm here, I'm going to sound like old school and stuff and I'm not, but in the past, you back know, you, in the old days, back, back when I, these kids these days, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, you know, you, you weren't like, people didn't turn it off and turn it on. Like you didn't like, you know, when you said you were kinky or you were in DS, like you didn't walk, you know, you weren't like, I'm not going to do it this week. I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill, you know, like that's, it's like, I get that people can do that, but like, it's very jarring when you, when you're with someone who can turn it off and on and you're not that person mm. or, you know, you're the person that turns it off and on and you're with someone that's just like, like, dude, can you chill? Like what's going on? <laughs> like, But it's just not, it's not to me. Like, I mean, some people will see it as a hobby and some people will see it as something they play at. And I mean, some people don't. And, you know, the learning part for me is learning that not everyone sees it the way I see it. Not everyone wants it to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know what? Uh, if it works for the person, it works for the person. Finding out what works for you takes time, as you say. And maybe that um, period when you guys left, that was when you were like, okay, this is who you are. This is who we love. And then when you come back, now we're talking of over 100,000 people listening to pretty much everything you say. How do you even na- navigate that? That's a crazy number. Yeah, I don't. Um, <clears throat> it, it is crazy. It's not. It's like it's not something I try to think about, but it does get brought up to me a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my my slave will be like, "Oh, you're at. You know, she, she's not on Fat Life right now. She'll get back. You know, she'll look at my Fat Life. She's like, when did you go to 103? When did you go to 102?' Like, I'm like, <clears throat> dude, I don't know. I don't. I don't even like. I don't even like try to keep track of that. Like, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's weird because, you know, I am very outspoken. I'm very forthright. And, you know, I think a lot of people follow me because I said something that they enjoyed or they related to. But then the next thing they're like, I don't know if I relate to that anymore. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it is, it's a, it's, it's, I was talking to someone else who had a, has a large following on FetLife yesterday on FetLife. And, uh, we were talking like we talked about kind of like the, the, the drawbacks and the rewards to it. And, you know, there's definitely both of each, um, you know, you, you've, but, but my thing has always been authenticity. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to change to keep my followers and I'm not going to change to get more followers. And, you know, like when I wrote, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, of course you always keep in the back of your mind that you want to be popular, that you want, you know, the people that say, well, I don't care about that. Like, I don't believe it. I just don't like, <laughs> you know, you, you mean you want to get on there and you don't want anyone to see your stuff. You don't mm. want anyone to relate. You don't want anyone to like you. You just want to like that. That's, that's the problem is that you want people to relate to your stuff, but how do you not like authenticity is like a big subject with me. How do you not change what you're saying and what you think and what you believe to try to get people to like that? I just, I've never been good at that. <clears throat> I don't play at that. So like that, what I do is what I do. And like people liked it. I was like, cool. Well, you know, I'm like, it's least encouragement to keep being authentic and to keep 
doing what you're doing. Not that you necessarily need that, but you know, mm. so mm. yeah, it is, it's hard to digest sometimes. No, I mean, it's a crazy <laughs> number. And I think, you know, like if it's a TikTok or Instagram, like if it's, I guess more mainstream, it might make sense, but this is so niche. It's and then you niche. got like it's 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 insane to me. Like what? I remember seeing that number and it's like, nah, it's not real. Cause I, I like I'm not wearing my glasses now. I'm like, oh wait, I need to put this on. I'm like, no. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's talk about sharp pointed things. I keep calling it sharp. Pointed. <laughs> what? What? Anyway, but sharp pointed things. What is a uh, story there? Um. <clears throat> So, you know, like I think I told you before, like I went, you, you, it actually started around one toy and it was uh, claws, like the metal claws I sell. And I, I think I sell four or five or six. It's like the books. I don't remember how many, but it's, there's a lot of varieties of the claws now that I've, I've designed or redesigned. Um, <clears throat> it started with that because I'd started my shop and I was doing leather working and chain mail and stuff. And it just wasn't it wasn't something I wanted to do. It, was, it wasn't something that you can easily reproduce. I had to sit down and work on every item individually. Um, mm. So I went to Frolicon one year in Atlanta and I went to the vendor space <clears throat> and I was specifically looking for claws because I, I wanted something to put on my fingers that like made me, you know, a tiger, you know, or, you know, so um, <clears throat> I started looking for something to put on my fingers because I wanted something, something sharp. And uh, I, found a couple different places and they had claws and they weren't that sharp and they weren't adjustable. And you, like you'd put them on your fingers and you do this and they'd all fall off. <clears throat> uh, right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. So um, I found that people were taking finger picks for guitars, you know, where you, you know, pick, pick at the guitar strings. <clears throat> people were taking them and sharpening them. So I started sharpening them and I started selling them. And uh, I thought, <clears throat> you know, these are okay, but they're not, great. They weren't stainless steel. You know, you couldn't, uh, sterilize them or sanitize them. I should say very easily. They were, you know, still a little hard to adjust. They were kind of smallish. Um, <clears throat> I was working at a fabrication shop and I had a intern who knew AutoCAD and I, I gave him the one of them just flat. And I said, Hey, design this. And so he did. I redesigned it a couple of times myself once I learned AutoCAD and uh, kind of the rest is history. I started cutting them and, and selling them. And then, you know, people would, <clears throat> I'd show them to people in different communities and they would say, oh, this is crazy, man. No one's going to, no one's going to use this stuff. It's like, you're going to, you're going to rip people open. Like they're going to be all bloody and stuff. Like, oh yeah, no one loves that. You know, that's not right, 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 right. at all. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I did that. And then, um, you know, I, I think I had maybe four or five products, a claws, the, uh, some scratcher paws. Um, and some little metal things that went on rope. And then um, I tried to do some, I wanted to do something that went around rope, um, which was the beginning of the rope thorns. And I started trying to cut it out of metal and I would bend it and it would just, it would just kind of, it was, wasn't good. So, <laughs> so I tried that a couple of times and I said, well, you know, we have a 3d printer at the shop where I worked at. I was like, maybe I should buy a 3d printer and try some of this stuff. And I did. And you know, the design, it's just, it just kind of snowballed from there. I think I've got 200 some products now. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. If I make something sharp that hurts somebody, I mean, I know what sharp things hurt people. I put it mm -hmm. on there. It, it will sell like people. They've been wanting that forever. And like, there's not been a lot of, but now I'm seeing people pop up doing the same things, doing the same thing. So, I mean, it's kind of opening that, 
you know, that new niche. Cause before mm. there was stingy, there was stingy and there was study and there was needles and scalpels. And there was no, you know, you could, if you, you either wanted, you know, to impact with someone or you wanted to poke them in their skin or cut them open. And, you know, now there's, you know, things that, <clears throat> you know, I'll put the spikes on the paddles and I, you know, now you can put spikes on rope and now you can, you know, like, so I, I'm always thinking of something. I'm always trying to design something new. And uh, how long has he been? Um, was it always called shop pointed things right from the get go? No, <clears throat> I mean I can't remember what the name was. Something to do with um, Angel because Angel's my my baby girl. Um, and then and then when I started cutting the claws, I was like, I need to rebrand. And I'm like, what should I rebrand as? And I'm just a very literal person. They're, they're sharp, sharp pointed things. You know, people laugh that at that name. It it's 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 hilarious, but also it's funny. You know, you're not going to forget. Oh, what what's it, what's your shop name? They're sharp and they're pointed. Like that, yeah, that's all you need yeah. to know. <clears throat> so I sell things that I shop. I am pointed. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about. I mean, I think to me the anchor of it all is the writing. So I'll come back to that. Um, the books, right? Um, what was the? I mean, you. What was the? I guess the motivation to actually put start a book, and why didn't you end at one? Because like I said, ten, but they're like fifty and stuff for your age. Yeah. So, um, I've been writing books for a while, and <clears throat> the way I write books in other subjects. Yeah, I've been doing it in other subjects since about. I don't know, 2007, 2006, um, I would write articles for magazines. The magazines would publish the articles, then the rights would revert back to me after the magazine was published. So I had all these writings and they were roughly on the same subject before outside of kink. And, uh, I I thought, you know, well, what can I do with them? The rights reverted to me. And like I had, you know, 75, 80 writings on a subject, I would just take and put them in a book and, you know, use, you know, put them in this section, use things to connect them, paragraphs to connect them, put them in, you know, add an introduction, things like that. And uh, so once I'd written, you know, 100, 200 writings on FET, you know, they were kind of focused on one subject and I will get on one subject for a while and I will kind of focus on that. So the first book was How to Train Your Little, um, which was all about the daddy dom little girl dynamic. Um, so, you know, I published it and then, you know, there was a hundred more writings on daddy, Dom, little girl. So I'm like, okay, there's another, there's volume two, you know, so these, the books kind of wrote themselves based upon the, the articles I put on FetLife. I could write an article for FetLife and it wasn't, it's, it's like taking that bite of the elephant. You know, you can't eat the whole elephant at once, but you know, if you have 60 writings on a subject, you know, you can put them together. So, um, and you know, I'll get, I'll get on a subject and I'll stay on it for, you know, a month or two months. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've got 30 days worth of writings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that <clears throat> the little books, um, and then also, you know, there, there's not a lot of books out there. You know, when I first started into kink and DS, there's not, there's not a lot of books. There's, um, Jay Wiseman has, has a good book, but he's more focused on S and M. Um, there's the new topping book. There's a new bottoming book. Um, there's, uh, screw the roses, semi thorns. Um, there's a couple, there's just, it's like four or five books. And I read, I read a couple of them and I'm like, man, they're very focused on one specific subject, but there wasn't a lot to do with the, 
the DS part. And you and I talked <clears throat> about the DS part. It's harder to put into a book because it's not pick up a paddle, swing the paddle. Here's what a paddle looks like. <clears throat> you know, these paddles come in different configurations. Here's a different wood. It's, you know, how do you get that mental aspect? How do you get the emotional aspect of it? And, uh, you know, I found that was something I could write about fairly well, you know, the, the philosophy on it, the things like that, you know, I'm the, again, going back to the, the, the nonfiction versus the fiction stuff. Like I can't, people would ask me like, well, how does it look like? Well, I, dude, I don't know. <clears throat> Here's how mine looks like, you know, I can write about mine. I can't write about everyone else's. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, that was, that was kind of the impetus for the, for the books. And, you know, was, I had all these writings and I needed some way to connect them and put them together where someone could pick it up and read it cover to cover and be like, okay, I understand. I understand now. Wow. I love, I guess, you know, the, the writings and I'm curious now, what is the process when you want to write? Usually I will get a subject stuck in my head. <clears throat> I do, I do write reactionarily sometimes. So if someone has written something and I'm just like, either agree with it or I don't agree with it, or I feel like it can be expounded upon. I will write on it, but a lot of, a lot of the subjects come up, you know, there's, there's two things I do with my girls. Okay. My, me and my baby girl, we hot tub a lot. I've got a little hot tub outside and we'll, we'll go outside and we'll hot tub and she'll, we'll just start talking about things. And like, I'll be like, okay, I need to, I need to write on this. I need to expound on this. And then, my slave will do cigar time in the mornings on weekends um, and we'll have cigar and coffee and we'll sit and we'll just talk. And she, she loves to ask questions and dig into things like, well, what do you think about this? And, and how does this make you feel? And, you know, it's, it's like, okay, I need to go write about this. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, it's weird. Like when you're doing the things and when you're reading about the things, the subjects, like it's not that hard to find a subject. Like they just completely come up and like, I can't, even if, even if like a subject came up and I like, I was interested in it and I wanted to get it out of my head, it's not going anywhere until I'll write. Mm. Like I have to write it out. I have to get it out. Um, so yeah, that's, that, and, and it's obviously if you're living the stuff and you're doing the stuff, you know, things are going to come up and things are going to happen. You're going to be like, I need to write about that. You know, other people could learn or, you know, I need to write about that. I got to get it out of my head. So, mm. um, that's kind of how the, kind of how it comes up. I mean, <clears throat> um, and it's, I guess it's different too. Like basically I work in kink, you know, I do the coaching, I do the books, I do the, you know, the, the toys. So it, I'm not very far disconnected from it all day long. So like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're immersed in an industry or immersed in a topic, that's probably what you're going to write about. So, um, so yeah, that like, I tell, I tell people it's funny, like the, the writings, like they come out, like I can't stop them. So. <laughs> yeah, no, we talked about, um, <clears throat> I guess you having hundreds of thousands of people on your account, but uh, your writing to gets all those engagements. Like there's almost comments, all these loves on the writings. How do you navigate those comments? Cause you know, I mean, there are some people that are really passionate <laughs> about disagreeing with some of the things you've written. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, people say I have a thin skin and I, I do to some degree, like, you know, this is, I say when I put a writing out, like right when I first started writing, I was like, it's like my kids, man, don't come in my house and tell me my kids are ugly. You know, you can think they're ugly. They may be ugly, but don't come in my house and tell me my kids are ugly. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so like, I've, I've kind of backed off on that. You know, I don't care. If people disagree. If, if you, if you know, no one's, not everyone's going to agree and not everyone's going to agree with how I said it. Not everyone's going to agree with how I think or how mm. I do it. But <clears throat> I kind of have this rule, like don't put words in my mouth. Don't use personal attacks. Like if you like people, people, and for the most part, people can respect that. And you can tell the people that don't respect that they're, they just want to fight. They're just gearing up to fight. And you know, it's a block go on, you know? So, I mean, like I, I tell people I'm a, you know, someone called me a, was it a literalist? And I said, well, what the hell does that mean? And I mean, I know I'm very literal, but she, she said, well, you think words mean exactly what they mean? Yes. That's, that's what I think. Like, like, it's like, you're not, you're not putting something like people say, well, it looks like you're implying this. Did I say it? Because if I didn't say it, I'm not implying it. I'm I say what I mean, and if I if I if I didn't say something, I wasn't necessarily implying or not implying it. I just didn't say that. Like mm. so, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean it's it's tough, and I mean you you definitely don't want everyone just agreeing with you all the time. You don't want everyone just you being like, oh yeah, you're you're so great. Like that gets uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want people to challenge me, and I want you know people will challenge things in a, in a polite manner. And I'll, I'll have to think about, you know, here's my stance and, you know, I don't change it very often because it's, I feel like a lot of people come at you with theory, like, well, in theory, you should technically like, no, that's, that's your theory. In practice, I've seen it work this way. Mm -hmm. Like I can only tell you how I've seen it work. It's not going to work with everyone. It's not going to work with, you know, even probably 90, you know, 99% of the population, but for, you know, there's, there's things that will work. And I'd, Getting back to what I don't, <clears throat> that whole <clears throat> concept where I didn't believe kink was even something that could be, that could happen or work. Like, I don't want to give that to other people. You know, I don't want people to come on my writing and go like, that's not going to work. Like, well, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it doesn't work for you. Maybe it doesn't work for the person you're with. Maybe it doesn't work at all, but I've seen it work. So I, I want that failure of imagination to go away. Like imagine this can work. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then you make an adjustment. You figure out how your side's going to work. Forget about this this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about because I made my own stuff work. Now, now, now you start writing, and someone else tries something, and then they they do a little bit more. So it's like this beautiful circle. Talking about writing, <clears throat> you have two writings uh, recently. Man, you churned this thing out like I don't know two three days sometimes but 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 there's this one about uh young doms and and like this negative um <clears throat> i guess reaction to them and then the other one that also stood out for me recently was the one that you know dominance and kink are kind of like we got different lanes do you want to touch a bit on both uh writings yeah so um <clears throat> you know the young dominant thing is it's just something that's been going on forever it's like it's like the easy target on, on fat life and in kink. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, I've been to enough munches. I've seen young guys walk in and <sighs> God, these kids, like why, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> we, we did the munches here in, in the town. It, it's a college town. So, I mean, there was a lot of 20 year olds and a lot of 21 and 22 and 23 and 24 year olds. And, you know, I get where people are coming from. They don't have the life experience, you know, but also I've met 21 and 22 year olds that, you know, uh, I had a guy after I wrote that writing, he wrote me a, an email or a fat message. He was um, <clears throat> pretty local, 
20 or 21. I can't remember, can't remember which. And he was like, Hey, you know, th- what you said makes sense. Can you help me? And, you know, I was like, yeah, what do you need help with? So I, I get to talking to this guy and realize, you know, yeah, he's 21 or 22. I can't remember. Don't, don't quote me on that. And, uh, start talking to him and realize like, basically he had catastrophes in his family tragedies, I guess. And he was like helping raise kids and like helping, you know, helping support the family. Do yeah, I mean, most 21, 22-year-olds aren't going to be like that. But, you know, there's 21 and 22-year-olds out there that, you know, had to step up, had to be the dad, had to be, you know, like ended up raising kids. You know, I mean, I've, I've there's enough people in my personal life that, you know, they lost parents or something and the sister or the brother ended up raising the other kids. So, I mean, we can't, we can't just put that upon them and be like, well, they don't know what they're doing because they're too young. I mean, yes, they may not have... <clears throat> you know, again, this is like where we conflate kink with dominance. Yeah. He's not been swinging a paddle for 30 years. You know, yeah, he hasn't had 40 slaves, but you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve a chance. It doesn't mean he doesn't just, des- uh, you know, I kind of think back to my stuff. Like I had a lot of theory and I had no practice. And when I met my baby girl, but we kind of learned together. And, you know, what's weird is you have these 20 year old submissives, often female that will say, Oh no, I want a 50 year old Dom. I want someone with experience. Well, what have you done to earn that experience? You know, and there, that's always the, Oh, you know, the, the, I can get a 20 something year old sub and I can, you know, teach her and I can, you know, <clears throat> it's not grooming, but it's, it's, and I wouldn't call it creepy, but it can get into that, into that territory. But it's, it's also like, why do you give them the benefit of the doubt? They, they come into a dynamic. They don't have any experience submitting. Mm-hmm. Is it, and it, it kind of came back to my, this thought in my head, like, well, okay. Everyone says submission is so hard and dominance is so easy, but we're going to give a 20 year old submissive with no experience a pass. That to me tells me that, that you think submission is easy and the dominance is hard. So mm. which is it? Like we can't say one's a gift and one's not a gift. And you know, this one's very important and this one's not important. They're equally important. And you know, Tim, I also get this a lot. Well, you can't teach dominance. No, you know, but there's a lot of people that have fell into cultural norms, societal norms. Uh, they've gotten into a bad vanilla marriage. They've gotten into bad relationships that are dominant. They feel dominant, but they can't express that. They need someone to help teach them. Here's how you express that. Here's how you do that. Here's the right way. Here's the wrong way. You know, don't you see these guys and these girls cut loose from vanilla relationships and they get into kink and they're just like, boom, everything all at once. Like, and they, that's, that's the people end up making mistakes, you know, and they, they don't do it on purpose, but they, you know, they don't, they don't have that. And also, you know, there's, again, we're going against 20 year old doms, but there's a lot of, you know, 40 year old submissives that just got divorced and never done kink. There's, you know, 50 year old men who, you know, want to be a sub and or a slave and they, you know, they've never been able to do that in their life. So I don't think we can look at age as, as the prevailing factor. And, you know, people again had the, had the point, well, yeah, but they're not going to have the experience. They're not, but that, that gives you an opportunity to learn and grow with someone that gives you an opportunity to, you know, uh, like these, these dudes when they're twenties and they're trying to do this stuff, man, like I wish I was doing rope when I was in my twenties, like mm. I'd be so much better right now at it. Like, 
like give them a chance. But I think a lot of people get get mad because these you know these kids are going to replace us one day. You know, <laughs> we're going we're going to be old in a wheelchair. You know, I can't I can't do my suspensions anymore. And you know, here's this kid. You know, you learned when you were twenty. And you're really good at rope now. You know, so <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's a lot of it. And um, the it, it, that writing kind of fed into the writings kind of feed into each other. Um, mm. The other writing kind of fed into that because. You know, you and I just mentioned like, you know, a 20 year old, yeah, doesn't have 15 years of experience, you know, tying or 15 years of experience doing, you know, doing impact or 15 years, but that's kink stuff. You know, you, you're trying to tell me like a 21 year old can't learn how to be a leader. Yeah. And, and you know, think I said like, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was leading an apartment by the time I was 21 at work, you know, and I worked for a very large company and, you know, I was, I had a house, you know, I was you know, dealing with stuff, you know, there's people that have kids when they're, when they're younger than 20. So, I mean, I don't, people conflate the dominance with the kink for sure. They, they definitely is, we've gotten into this mode on in the communities and on FetLife where I like to spank people. I'm a dom. (laughs) Did did that like, like, I'm just like, wow. Like, how do you not understand? That's not you, yes, you can spank people and be a dom, but just because you spank people doesn't make you a dom. Just because you like impact doesn't make you a submissive. And again, speaking to authenticity, <clears throat> that's where we get into trouble because you get, you know, I've gotten into into bad relationships with people who said, well, I'm a submissive. And really they just liked the impact or they liked the rope or they liked, mm-hmm. you know, you know, someone to care for them a little bit. <clears throat> you know, that that's not, you don't necessarily have to be a submissive to get those things and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to get those things to be a submissive. You can be like, I want to be a submissive or a dominant. I don't want to do any of this impact weird stuff. I don't want to do any tying. I don't want to do anything. I just want someone to <clears throat> exchange power with. And that's that's what it comes down to. Or like, are you exchanging power? Or are you, <clears throat> you know, you, you get people that say they're in power exchange, but what they're doing is they're fighting every exchange. You know, every exchange is, is like, you know, when you go to the store and you're like, I don't want to pay, you know, two dollars for this can of green beans i want to pay one dollar and no this two dollars is what it says on it two dollars you have to pay two dollars no i only, only want to pay one dollar can mm-hmm. i steal it can i take it out of the store can i borrow it no mm-hmm. like, the price is the price you have to pay it <clears throat> wow wow Man, I could talk to you for hours and uh, I mean, maybe we have to do a part two of this, but I I think I want to let you go with this question though. We've, we've gone through this journey, talked about your writing and stuff, but someone is listening out there and they're wondering, so what is kink? How would you explain that? What is kink? That's, that's a good question. I mean, my definition is definitely not everyone's definition. Um, Again, I'm a literalist. I like I like the dictionary definition. It's um, which and, and I'm struggling to quote here, but it has to do with um, sexual fetishes, sexual you know um, weirdness, sexual um, freedom. For me, it's all sexually related. Um, you know, I get in trouble with this with people a lot too. Like, not everyone's kink is sexual. Some people like to be spanked and they like to go home and chill and they don't, they don't want to do anything about it. Um, for me and for the people I've been with, it's always been a sexual thing. It's always been, you know, tied to sex related to sex. Um, so, but I think for a lot of people, it's just simply something outside the norm, something that they, um, 
do not necessarily to feel weird or to, to feel different from other people, but it's different from what other people, you know, and again, it's getting more mainstream, but it's different than what other people normally do. It's different than, you know, and there's levels like, you know, you know, you and I talking, you know, you might think some of the things I do aren't kinky at all. I might think some of the things you do aren't, aren't so kinky, but it's, where do you, where do you draw that line? Where do you say, well, you know, only 10% of the population do impact or only, you know, 13% of the population like to play with needles. And I'm sure it's much, much lower than that, or it could be higher. But at what point do you say that's, that's a kink and that's not because the, the funny thing is we talk about, you know, breath play and choking, like, you know, probably 20 years ago, that that was weird, man. But now it's like, everyone wants to be choked. Like, like, you know, you talk to vanilla people and they're like, well, you know, I'm not kinky. Like, okay, well, what do you like? Choke me. Like <laughs> that, that, you know, that used to be kinky, you know, it used to like, you know, spank me that, you know, that used to be really, you know, if, if you had, if you spank someone during sex, that was kinky stuff right now. But like, you know, now that now you, you could like probably a 50% of the population you could spank and they'd be like, really, that's it. You know? <laughs> so, <clears throat> I mean, I just, I look at it as, as, you know, not living, normally not in you know and not necessarily being shamed of that being you know kind of proud of that but you know as time goes by that stuff becomes more and more mainstream and people will you know what was kinky yesterday is just normal today so mm. um of course there's a there's an escalation factor where people will always be escalating things and trying new things and you know i think that's where my my toys come to fit in too is a, a, lot, a lot of that you know people were you know well we don't we don't you know, now it's kind of main, kind of making mainstream into the the sharp things. Like you don't want to get a needle stuck in you, but Hey, maybe a spike might be okay. You know, if it doesn't mm-hmm. penetrate the skin. So um, yeah, for me, it's just, for me, it's trying to be authentic. It, you know, I've, I've said it before. Kink is like the one place where you can be authentic. You know, no one's, I shouldn't say no one there's, there's kink shaming that happens in communities, but for the most part, no one's, you know, no one's trying to, shame you for the things that you're doing. No one's trying, you know, you can, I guarantee you, I could post <clears throat> a writing on Fet Life tomorrow about doing the weirdest thing you can imagine. There'd probably be 20 or 30 people that'd be like, yeah, I like that too. Thanks for writing about that. I didn't know anyone else liked that, you know? So I think it's just about being authentic and, you know, trying new things and having an open mind and, you know, not being afraid that, you know, you're doing necessarily something weird or something bad. And, and, you know, as long as you're doing it consensually with somebody who enjoys that as well, then, I mean, who's to stop you? Who's to stop you? You know, as long as two people agree that this thing works for you, uh, I like giving this thing that you like receiving, and you're not hurting it. Yeah, you know, hurting anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Jay Errol. Okay. Uh, I said that was the last question, but I gotta ask though: Do you have anything in the horizon? Any new books? Any new toys or coming up? Um, I, so master slave was something that initially brought me into kink and DS. And when I met my baby girl, I was like, no, I'm a daddy. (laughs) I'm a daddy through and through. Like, I can't, I can't deny that, but people have, you know, you have all these sides. So I wrote the daddy books. I wrote the primal books. I'm just trying to go through all my sides. And since I met my slave, you know, I've kind of been like, well, also I'm a master as well. So, um, she loves to write. She loves to talk. She's probably the talkiest slave of anybody <laughs> slave ever. She loves to talk. So, um, you know, we've been, we've been thinking about writing and I kind of started on the outline of it, but I haven't gotten through a lot of it about writing master slave because it's, 
definitely one of the subjects that's um, kind of dying in the communities. Mm. You know, for for a little bit there, the the daddy dom stuff had died, and then you saw this influx of people coming in, and they wanted to be daddies, and the, the soft dom stuff too is is. I'm not a soft daddy, but the soft dom stuff is has its appeal to Shout people. Pointed things, hello. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not not soft at all. Um, right, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, so um, kind of working on that book, and then of course, you know, I. I can't tell you what's going on with sharp pointed things. Cause it's every day there's something new and, and like, I'll get a bug in my head and I'll be like, Oh, I got to make this thing that people are going to hate, but I got to do it. So, um, but yeah, doing the master slave book and, you know, just, just continuing on and, and, uh, you know, trying to learn myself as well. So it's always a journey. Yeah. Jay Earl, thank you so much for sharing your writing and so much of yourself. And, uh, thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary today. Well, thanks for reading. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.